it's time for the Air Raid. Here's your host, Brian Griffiths. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Air Raid here on the Red Maryland Network. It is Sunday, July the 21st, 2018, the second day of the shutdown of the federal government. We'll talk a little bit more about that here momentarily. But before we get too deep into today's show, I do want to remind you that the Montgomery County Republican Party invites you to their annual convention on Saturday, February the 3rd. The convention begins at 8 a.m. at the Hilton, Washington, D.C., North in Gaithersburg at 620 Perry Parkway in, you guessed it, Gaithersburg. The keynote speaker for this year's convention is former Governor Bob Ehrlich, Red Maryland's Brian Griffiths, hey, that's me, and Greg Klein will be taping a special edition of Red Maryland Radio live at the convention. For tickets or more information, contact convention at mcgop.com or visit the website mcgop.com slash convention 2018. That's convention at mcgop.com or mcgop.com slash convention 2018. And that's coming to you, authority of the Montgomery County Republican Central Committee, Don Irvine, treasurer. Today's topic uh, of the show is actually, uh, it's actually about the shutdown. And it's not going to be about the shutdown in the way that you think it's going to be about the shutdown, because look, this is a locally produced show. This is a Maryland show that's about Maryland problems, and we are a Maryland network It's about Maryland problems. And yes, occasionally we do traipse our way down to the problems that are going on in Washington, but you know what? The issues that we're talking about here as it relates to the shutdown are, uh, you know, they're, they're related to what's going on here in Maryland, and a lot of it has to do with not what's going on with the federal delegation, though I hasten to point out that the two Democratic senators from Maryland, Senator Ben Cardin and Senator Chris Van Hollen, voted against keeping the government open. They voted against six years' worth of funding for the Children's Health Insurance Program, and that they did decide to play politics with uh, with the economy, play politics with the jobs of our federal workers, and play politics with all of the children who were receiving insurance coverage from the Children's Health Insurance Program. But again, that's not what I want to talk about here today. There are 300,000 federal workers in Maryland, okay? That's just the workers that are in Maryland. That doesn't even take into account all of the related economic activity that goes on uh, based on the federal government being open. Tourism, for example. Think about all of the parks in Maryland that may not be open right now due to the shutdown. Fort McHenry is one of them. You know, there are various other federal parks open in Maryland. Assateague Island, Catoctin Mountain Park, Antietam Battlefield. These are all federally owned parks that are all federally administered and are subject to either uh, either closure or a severe restriction in the activities that can be undertaken when the government is shut down. The Democrats did this, by the way. Our Democratic delegation to Washington did this in an effort um, to make a point, but in doing so, the Democrats decided that they were going to hurt the economy. All of the people uh, who work, who own coffee shops, who own restaurants in and around federal buildings, their business is going to suffer every day that the government is shut down. The Democrats did that. The Democrats are directly hurting their business. The contractors, and Maryland is home to seemingly a seemingly never-ending um, collection of federal contractors. Uh, you know, how many, how many people do you know of 
work for Booz Allen Hamilton or Northrop Grumman or, you know, any number of the, uh, you know, any number of federal contractors that, um, you know, any number of federal contractors that are, that just exist and, and have people who work, if not headquartered in the Baltimore, uh, Washington area, at least have satellite offices in the Baltimore, Washington area. There are more contractors working on federal contracts, living and working in Maryland, than there are federal employees in Maryland. And let me remind you, as I said, that's 300,000, um, you know, you know 300,000 federal employees who live and work in Maryland. Now, so why now why now why do we wind up in this way? How did we wind up in this position? Well, some of it has to do with location, location, location. You can't really avoid that. Maryland's position as being geographically located next to the seat of government. Maryland's position with having so many federal agencies either with large satellite offices in Maryland or um, you know, or or large, you know, are headquartered in Maryland. For example, the Social Security Administration, NOAA, the National Weather Service. You know, those are just some of the agencies that are that are headquartered in Maryland, along with the people who who live and work who may may work in in D.C. but commute to D.C. from Maryland. You know, you can't you can't overcome the geography of that, nor can you overcome the geography of the fact that you have several large military installations, Andrews Air Force Base, Fort Meade, NSA, Aberdeen Proving Ground, Fort Detrick, all in Maryland, and that those areas have their own, uh, you know, their own population of contractors and federal employees living, you know, in the bubble around those areas. But a lot of what the problem, you know, the reason that we've gotten to this point is not about Democrats in Washington, it's Democrats in Annapolis. Democrats in Annapolis have made it so hard for your average business person to own, create, and operate a business in the state of Maryland. Onerous regulations that were put into place um, you know, by the Democrats that hurt small businesses, hurt medium-sized businesses too. The best example I can give you as to why we're in this position, as far as recent examples go, goes back to the paid sick leave bill. Democrats wanted any business with 15 or more employees to be forced to give their employees paid sick leave. Governor Hogan um, you know, wanted to make sure that every business that has 50 or more employees had to give paid sick leave, and eventually was willing to compromise with the Democrats on 25 businesses, or 25 employees, rather, uh, requiring people to give paid sick leave. But the Democrats were hearing nothing of it, and because the Democrats wanted to keep their, uh, their owners, union bosses, happy, they ramrodded through a veto override of the governor's bill. Notwithstanding the people that are going to lose jobs because of it, notwithstanding the damage it's going to do to the economy because the Democrats don't care about that. Democrats don't care about people or jobs. They just want to make sure they get reelected and keep the cash flow coming in from the unions. So you're probably thinking to yourself, Brian, what the hell does this have to do with, with the government shutdown and the imp- economy being impacted by that? Well, you see, one easy way to make sure that 
your business stays intact or that you keep your job is to work for a federal contractor or to create a business that sole focus is on obtaining federal contracts. The Democrats have created basically a perverse incentive to make sure that businesses are more focused on getting contracts from Washington than they are being a productive uh, part of the economy. Because you see, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder for pe- for people to create businesses that do business to business commerce or you know do commerce with, with with regular individuals who are trying to buy a good or service than it is to get federal contracts. And look, the way the federal contract laws are written, it's very easy for a business, as long as they qualify, to be a contractor or a subcontractor on in any number of federal contracts that are available, you know, that are out there. The Democrats, whether they intend it or not, have created this incentive for people to be contractors instead of people to actually create businesses that provide a good or service directly to the people. They've disincentivized creation of businesses um, you know, that, that do that regular commerce because they have made regulations so onerous, because they have made the ability to deliver a good or service to a person so hard, they've, risen, they've raised taxes so much, on businesses, they've raised you know the sales tax. They've they've raised taxes on individuals that give them less um, discretionary income to buy goods or services from a Maryland-based business. The Democrats have done this, whether they meant to do it, whether they knew they were doing it, whether they cared about whether they were doing it. It's irrespective. The fact is, the Democrats have created perverse incentives that have minimized the incentives to create a normal business and have maximized the incentives to become contractors of the federal government. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a problem coming from Washington there, too, with there being so much money being thrown around, so much money is being spent by the federal government that Maryland businesses and Maryland workers are unnaturally inclined on their own without disincentives coming from Annapolis to be, you know, to wind up working for or owning a company that has federal contracts. But that makes Maryland's businesses, Maryland's economy, and Maryland's tax base unnaturally susceptible to federal shutdowns like this one. Every day that the government is shut down, Maryland's businesses are suffering. Maryland's budget is suffering because you are having less money going in through tax withholding. You are having fewer sales taxes collected. On commerce, fewer tolls collected on the ICC, or on the or on the throughway, or uh, on on the tunnels. Every day, every day, Maryland's economy is being harmed by the shutdown that their Democratic delegation to Congress voted for. And Maryland is suffering at this because. We are so dependent on federal largesse. And because Maryland Democrats in Annapolis have incentivized that dependence on federal largesse. This would be a good time for Democrats in Annapolis to take a step back, evaluate the policies that they have voted for and have put in place, the regulatory climate, taxes, regulations on businesses, and think about what they've done and how they 
have created the environment that makes Maryland so susceptible to federal shutdowns and changes in the federal spending structure. This is something that should be done regardless of a federal shutdown. But at this point, we're seeing truly the Democratic policies that have been passed in Annapolis and have been railroaded down the throats of everyday Marylanders are coming home to roost by Maryland's economy being susceptible to the political whims of its Democratic delegation to Washington. Because I'm telling you, folks, the Democrats in Washington did this to you, to me. They're doing it to Maryland's economy. They're doing it to everybody. We are gonna we're gonna pay the price in Maryland for this, okay? Whether the Democrats who voted for, voted against keeping the government open or not realize it, we're paying the price for this. We're paying the price for what the delegation to Washington, the congressmen and senators, have done in shutting the government down, and we are paying for the mistakes of forty five years of Mike Miller in the state Senate, and year after year of higher and higher taxes and fees on Marylanders. We are in this position because the Democrats put us here. We, as voters, as conservatives, have the opportunity to right that ship, remind our friends and neighbors why we got here, remind them whose fault it really is, why the policies have failed, and remind them that they have the opportunity to do something about it this November by re-electing Governor Hogan and by electing more conservative members of the state of the House of Delegates, of the state Senate, more conservative county council members, county executives, and, ca- and conservatives up and down the ballot. This is the time to make chicken salad out of chicken, well, you know. And this is the time to remind people why electing conservatives, people who understand the budget, who understand what it is to mean a payroll, and who actually care about taxpayers, that is why it is important to make sure that those people are in elected office so that the Democrats can stop holding us hostage when they decide to shut down the federal government. Before we get, before we wrap up here today, I did want to um, just touch base on a few things, actually, as it relates to the article that appeared in uh, in this morning's Baltimore Sun, uh, I was I talked to uh, Talia Richmond, reporter from the Sun, yesterday about uh, about the women's marches, which of course I have a life, so I wasn't paying any attention to. Um, I'll just read you the quote from the uh, from the headline of the article entitled "At Baltimore Women's March: Participants Look to the Future." Brian Griffiths, co-founder of conservative media outlet Red Maryland, said the country is in many ways better off now than before Trump was elected. You can't argue with the economy. That rising tide lifts all boats, including those of women, he said. That's me. The women's marches are putting forth a progressive philosophy that has already been proven to be ineffective. Um, Yeah, that's an accurate quote. One of many things I actually said. The thing I wanted to say that I was hoping to get in the paper, and (laughs) as if that would ever happen, uh, I mentioned how that I thought the uh, women's marches were not the most important marches of this week. The most important march was the March for Life that took place in Washington, you know, where uh, where that hundreds of thousands of people came to protest the innocent slaughter of uh, of innocent people, of innocent children. Uh, but I also did mention too. I, I spoke critically of the president's behavior uh, towards women, and how, as the father of a daughter, um, you know, that I it was uh, his behavior was appalling. And I even mentioned, which didn't make the article, that I didn't vote for the president. But I will say this: I stand by my 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 comment that the country, after a year of Trump. Um, is in some ways better off than it was now. You can look at the stock market, you can look at the economy, you can look at uh, Judge Gorsuch, you, Gorsuch, you can look at the closure, or the impending closure, I think, of the Consumer uh, Protection Bureau. 
the uh, the religious freedom um, section that's been set up at HHS. I didn't vote for him. I still don't think he's a conservative. But you can't argue with the positive things that President Trump has done. I said a year ago at this time that I would I would um, you know that I would criticize the president when he was wrong, but I would also praise him when he's right. And there have been times where the president has been wrong. And I don't believe, I still don't believe the president is a true conservative. I still believe he, um, you know, I still believe he is pro-abortion. I still believe that he has, uh, he does not have a proper respect for free speech. But you can't argue with the things that he has done that have been conservative. And I just wanted to point out there uh, that there were some things in there that I did mention. Um, yeah, that should be mentioned. So I just wanted to uh, to leave that there for you and, uh, and make sure that... Uh, uh, that 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 point got made. I want to make sure that uh, that you uh, are uh, following all things on redmaryland.com, by the way, the home base for all things Red Maryland. We had a lot of stuff this week about campaign finance, uh, a lot of things that were up there about our central committees, about the gubernatorial race, the fact that some Democrats in this race are being bought off by out-of-state interests. You're going to want to go to redmaryland.com for all of that, uh, the home base for all things Red Maryland. Click on the Support Us link, and you will be able to find different ways to support Red Maryland, uh, which is very important. You can be a part of our street team, and you can distribute flyers on our behalf. You can uh, you can subscribe to Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Speaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play, and automatically have shows down like this one downloaded in the device of your choice. You can donate to us directly at PayPal.me/slash/RedMaryland. That's how you can do that. You can also click on the Amazon link and make your purchases on that Amazon link. And a portion of that purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow and enhance the network. You can also click on the Zazzle link. Go to Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland. And uh, you will be able to buy some Red Maryland network gear. It's also a good place for us to... And you can do that uh, Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We had a lot of new likes in the last week, so we appreciate all the people who are liking our stuff at uh, Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We're also on Twitter at Red Maryland. We are also on Instagram at Red Maryland. You can also contact us. We are on uh, email us at redmaryland at gmail.com. So you can do that. And you can call us on the Red Maryland Talkback line, 410-205-4875. That's 410-205-4875. We will feature your comments in a future Red Maryland Network broadcast. Folks, thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of the Air Raid. Be sure to check out RedMaryland.com, the home base for all things Red Maryland, as we will uh, continue to bring you the best political coverage in Maryland. As I mentioned, subscribe to the Red Maryland Network, and we'll make sure that you get the Conservative Refuge with Greg Klein, uh, which comes out every Tuesday or Wednesday night, occasionally. Uh, The flagship, uh, Red Maryland Radio, which will be on Thursday night this week with myself and Greg. On Fridays, we have Red Maryland Election Focus. And on Sundays, I'll be back with another brand new episode of The Air Aid for you here on the Red Maryland Network. Before I go, I do want to remind you one more time that the Montgomery County Republican Party invites you to their annual convention Saturday, February 3rd. The convention begins at 8 a.m. at the Hilton, Washington, D.C. North, 620 Perry Parkway in Gaithersburg. The keynote speaker is former Governor Bob Ehrlich. Greg and I will be there taping a special edition of Red Maryland Radio. For tickets or more info, convention at mcgop.com 
or mcgop.com slash convention 2018. And that's coming to you, Authority Montgomery County Republican Central Committee, Don Irvine Treasurer. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to The Air Raid. I'm Brian Griffiths. Good night and God bless. Thank <laughs> you.